Hello, and welcome to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. In this podcast, I share with you all sorts of tips and tools and stories and perspectives that can help you learn how to build courage, how to stand through anything. Please know that some of these episodes, we are using Facebook Live recordings, sometimes live events. It could be from a video. So if you hear me reference something that you're not quite sure what I'm talking about, that's probably why. If you want to access videos, then go to ValerieSilvera.com. That's where you can learn about all of my resources. And you can find me at Valerie Silvera on Facebook and in all sorts of other places on social media. What's most important is that you use these recordings, these episodes to help you change your life because the world is waiting for you. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the first episode of the Still Standing Show. And I'm really going to be getting into a lot more, hi Sarah Earl, a lot more of my story, which I did, by the way, in my latest book called Still Standing. And this book is all about overcoming. It's all about, it's using the nine actions that I developed to help you overcome anything. Uh, but this book, I told a lot more of my story and mainly because here's the deal. Hi Sue, life is messy, okay? Let's just face it, life is messy. And so I decided to share some of the messiness of my life. I didn't share all my gory stories because, whoa, that would have been like an encyclopedia. But just enough of it, hello, Shannon, just enough of it of my story to give you some hope. I want to give you hope that by hearing some of my story and some of my challenges and my early childhood and many things that happened to me and some of the choices that I made, that uh, you know caused me to have a lot of a lot of hurdles and challenges and heartbreaks and disappointments and loss and the list goes on and so the reason I shared my story with you in still standing is again I want you to have hope that whatever it is you're going through whatever challenges you've come up against whatever the past has dished out to you maybe the hits just keep coming like they have for me I want to give you hope that whatever it is that you can do this, you can stand up, you can overcome anything. You truly can, you can overcome. That doesn't mean, you know, get over it, quit thinking about it. Overcoming is a whole different thing and I'll talk about that on a future episode. But um, I just want you to, to not lose hope. Um, but here's the key, my friends. You have to take action. You can't just sit around hoping, wishing and dreaming. I mean, you should hope and wish and dream and you should pray but you always have to take action. And so this is why I developed the nine actions. They really do work. They're working for so many people in lots of different situations. And, but on this episode, I wanted, I'm literally going to spend a lot of these episodes, by the way, on this Still Standing show. I'm gonna talk a lot about the different sections of Still Standing. I'm gonna share with you verbally those stories and give you some tips and some pointers and probably even some stuff that comes into my head that never even made it into the book. I'm also going to invite people onto this show to share their stories with you, their perspectives, and you're going to start seeing that everybody has a story. We all go through stuff in this journey through life. Nobody's getting out of this thing without heartbreak, heartaches, challenges, disappointments, betrayals, and all of it. 
Right, faith plus action, that's right, Sue. And nobody's getting out of, out of, well, first of all, no one's getting out alive, okay? Let's put it that way. But nobody's getting out without having these challenges. And no matter what you think somebody else's life looks like on the outside, it's probably not what it truly is. <clears throat> I'll talk about that, all sorts of things. But today, I'm gonna to start out and talk to you a little bit about the first part of my story. And the reason I'm gonna do that is, again, I want you to start seeing that because a lot of you might look at me and say, wow, you're so strong, but you don't understand. You know, I came from this background. I've had these things happen. Well, trust me, I've had a lot of challenges starting out from the day I was born because I had a very young mother and a not so interested father. So I called this first section of, of my book Still Standing, I called this first section of my story, I called it, It's Not How You Start. And I'm pretty sure you can understand why I called it that. Because here's the deal, my friends, it doesn't matter how you start. It doesn't matter how you started in life, and it doesn't matter how you started in a certain situation. All that matters is how you finish. So even if you've made mistakes, or if you were in a situation through no fault or no choice of your own, none of that matters. And I don't mean to say that I'm discounting what's happened to you, but my point is you can't stay stuck there. What matters is how you finish. And no matter what situation we're in, we always have a choice. We always have the opportunity to make something good come of it. So most of you who will follow this page and are probably on this Facebook Live are very well aware that I've had a lot of challenges in my life and most recently the most difficult by far, without question, was losing my daughter for 15 years over and over and over and over to addiction and watching the smartest person I know on a freight train headed toward a brick wall with zero control, with no way to stop it. And then two, three years ago in August of 2016, my daughter was murdered. And, but here's the thing that, I, that you're gonna get as you start watching these shows. If you read St Still Standing or if you join my Still Standing Tribe Coaching membership, you'll get a lot more of this, but you'll start to understand that while that was so devastating, if you had told me or suggested, or if I'd even imagined the nightmare of that happening to me when my kids were little, I would have told you that I could never have made it through. And I meant it. I used to say that. If anything ever happened to one of my kids, I'd never make it through. There'd just be no freaking way I could make it through because my heart would be so shattered that I would just roll up in a ball and die. Well, I spent a lot of years wanting to roll up in a ball and die. I spent a lot of years with a dark cloud hanging over my heart, feeling sad and depressed and lonely and helpless and hopeless my life was filled with shame and guilt and confusion and my faith wavered big time. All of this is going on, but I did find my way out of it. And had I not done that, and then Jamie died, Jamie had been murdered, I'm sitting here today facing a murder trial that will happen in the next two to five years and who knows, you know how these things go, you see it all the time. Something goes haywire and they don't get tried for years or there's a mistrial, who knows what my future holds but I know for sure that I'm going to be okay. I'm gonna be better than okay because I've learned how to overcome. And that's what I want you to get from this. So I wanna kinda of tell you a little bit about my story and here, here's the deal. My sense of humor has gotten me through a lot. 
So thank you, thank you, thank you, mom, grandpa, nana, that I got this Scottish-Irish blood where we do see life from a pretty funny lens. And so uh, thankfully my sense of humor has gotten me through. But, but truthfully, I had a lot of sad, sad moments, sad days, weeks, months, years probably in my childhood. And this is not to blame anybody. I'm just telling you the story. I'm just telling you like it is. Um, but my mother was 17 when she had my older brother, Daryl, and she was 19 when she had me, and she was 20 when she had Bradley. So by the time my mom was 20 years old, she had three kids. And she got, you know, obviously got married at a very, very young age to somebody who wasn't ready to get married. She probably wasn't ready to get married either. But that's what you did back then. And so life was tough. My mom was a straight-A student. My mom was in the choir. She was an only child, and she met this guy from a family of 13 kids, and you know, they were, some of them were kind of you know, rough and tumble and, and, and a little bit uh, you know, in trouble and, and stuff. And my dad was quite a few years older than my mother. And anyway, long story short, rather than her going off to college or having her music scholarship that she had lined up for her, instead of that happening, she had three kids. And pretty soon she was a single mother and she was a very, very unhappy. And mom, if you're listening to this, you just hang on. You read my book because I have a whole lot of respect for you for you know, choosing the right path. Every time you were faced with a crossroads, you chose the right path. And, and even though you were sad and depressed and we had tough times, you taught us so many valuable lessons. And, and so that's what I, another thing I want some of you to hear that maybe had um, struggles and maybe your children had struggles as a result of some of your choices, be assured that your kids had an opportunity to learn some awesome lessons. Hi, Sandy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Your kids had an opportunity to learn some wonderful lessons even if you struggled. Because guess what? You're probably going, but I wasn't the perfect parent. Really? You weren't? Oh my God, I'm so shocked. I was. <laughs> right? Nobody's a perfect parent. Come on. We're all so far from perfect. It's not even funny. But that's not a good excuse. If you had a rough childhood like I did, it is not an excuse for you to stay down on the mat. It's not an excuse for you not to go out and make the best of your life. It's, well, it is an excuse actually. That's exactly what it is. It's an excuse, but it's not a good reason. So um, I grew up in the Seattle area and you know, back then, by the way, let me tell you something. The only game in town was Boeing back then. There was no Microsoft. Bill Gates hadn't changed the world and changed the Pacific Northwest and all that. Um, Boeing was the only game in town and, and times were tough sometimes. Oh, Kaylin, I love you so much. Kaylin, I was just thinking about you today. It makes me want to cry. I miss you so much. Um, but thank you for saying that. And, and um, Kaylin, you know, you and I have had a lot of talks. I'm a, I'm a very emotionally private person. Well, I was, let's put it that way. I guess God had other plans for me. I never used to talk about this stuff or show emotion and um, so I've definitely come a long way but my reason for doing it is just because I really want to help other people to find hope. So anyway, so Boeing is really the only game in town. My mother now is this young girl who had to go back and get her G, or not a GED, her college or her high school diploma a year after she had her first child and you know life was just really, really difficult for us and um, you know they didn't have a way to go after people for child support back then so my mom struggled on her own most of the time. And my grandparents were amazing, but they didn't have much. They did what they could. My grandma, my nana, my nana sewed me clothes. Um, Joy, your reading's still standing. Yay, I'm so happy. My nana sewed me us clothes. And um, my grandpa was 
was really amazing and he got my mom a job at a meatpacking plant. Now, if you knew my mom, you'd be blown away by this. My mother is a neat freak, okay? So we're this, you know, pretty poor family. My mom is very sad and lonely and, you know, just probably discouraged and, and all sorts of stuff. And what does she do every single day after work? She vacuums the house. I kid you not. My mom's a total neat freak. So my mom worked on the kill floor of a meatpacking plant. Ooh, okay? And she tells the story that the blood would come up to the tops of her shoes. So she's standing in cow blood. I can't believe my mother is not a vegetarian. Uh, but anyway, so, my, but you did what you could to feed your family. And I so appreciate and respect my mother for being willing to do that. And by the way, we live way north of Seattle. This meatpacking plant was in Seattle. It was quite a ways from our house. And my mom had to work at night. And so one of the, during one period of time, um, I mean, what does she do with three kids while she's working at night? It was a challenge. So at one point she had my aunt, who was my biological father's sister, one of his sisters, she lived with us for a while with her young daughter and, and she had an abusive husband. And so it was kind of good for her. She got away from the abusive husband and um, we got to have this wonderful, amazing aunt of ours living with us and my cousin. Unfortunately though, my uncle knew where we lived and he would come there mad and he did all sorts of stuff to us. He put sugar in the gas tank of our car, which by the way was like a $50 car. And he um, came there and beat my aunt up one night while we were all hiding in the closet. I mean, so I saw and experienced things that probably I wouldn't have and, and I know that make my mother feel bad, but hey, it's part of my story. So some of you can relate to this. Some of you had this kind of chaos and drama and fear in your childhood. Um, and um, another time though, I have to tell you this, I know it's really probably not funny, but I, it, it's kind of funny. One time he makes the mistake of arriving at our house when my mom was home. My mom chased him down the road with a butcher knife until the police arrived and picked him up. <laughs> when I think about that, I think, OMG. I, I do have a memory of that day, but when I really think back and I think, my mom chased my uncle, a much bigger guy than her, down the road with a butcher knife. Here's the deal, that's crazy, my friends but I so respect from my mom for being willing to do something crazy to protect her family. And that's what we do. So, so sometimes we have these chaotic situations and, and some of it were a result of her choices and some were not her choices, but there we were. I will tell you one thing, my mom taught us the value of telling the truth and this is just it too. You've learned lessons too, even if you lived in chaos for a while. There are lessons in the middle of it. I learned about hard work. We got good grades. And let me tell you what, I always knew I was supposed to get good grades and yes, moms do rock, don't they? And um, I, you know, thankfully school came really easy to me, but I remember my brother Daryl came home in the fifth grade with a D on his report card and I was going, oh my God, after that day, I'm never coming home with one of those letters on my report card. I don't even want to see. Um, we just knew because my mom had high expectations of us because she knew that we were you know, capable enough to do whatever it was. Um, she demanded that we tell the truth, that we were respectful, that um, you know, we spoke well, all of those kinds of things. So there, in the middle of all that chaos were some amazing lessons. Because my mom worked at the meatpacking plant, well, no, it wasn't because of her. My grandfather is the one that got her the job. My grandpa got her a job at the meatpacking plant and so he was in purchasing. He wasn't on the kill floor. So he got this really awesome benefit. Hot dogs. Okay. Any of you who know me, see me, see me eating anywhere, 
you probably won't see me eating a hot dog. <laughs> we ate a heck of a lot of hot dogs back in those days. Thank God for those free hot dogs, though, that my grandfather got. The only thing I keep thinking is, why didn't he work at the filet mignon meatpacking plant? That would have been a lot better. Of course, I wouldn't have even known what a filet mignon was back then. Um, I have to look at my, my notes. Um, my mother had really bad teeth, and but she wanted to make sure that we always had proper dental care. And that's another thing. My mom had lifelong dental problems to the point where she had to have her teeth removed and um, implants and all sorts of really, really painful, not fun stuff because she made a choice. She made a choice to make sure that the three of us had good dental care and that you know we um, wouldn't live in an apartment. That was another thing. And by the way, for those of you who did raise your kids and lives in apartments, I'm not putting you down for this. This was just something that my mother really wanted. She wanted us to always have a yard to play in. And um, so she made a vow that we would never live in an apartment. We'd always have a yard, but that came at a price. I had to move like every two years. I just get settled in with friends and I made friends really easily. That wasn't the problem, but I just really finally felt like I fit in and I was really you know, in with my group of friends and we'd have to move again and I would just cry myself to sleep like I did a lot when I was little. Um, I was scared a lot when I was little. Uh, I guess I could read, I mean I could read when I was like three and four I guess. My mom was just telling me this the other day. But when I was five I can remember reading the newspaper and I was reading how China had threatened to bomb the United States. Okay, what little five-year-old is supposed to be worried about that? But you know that a lot of little ones are worried about lots of things. Maybe you had a childhood like that where there were things that you worried about. You know what? You're a grown person. You're probably still worrying about things you shouldn't worry about that you don't have any control over. Like that. Um, I also had a... Um, oh, I wanted to say another thing. My mom got one welfare check and... Um, I remember that my mom didn't like that. We actually even had food stamps for a while and um, we had lunch, uh, school lunch coupons so we could get free lunches. And um, I remember how much my mom did not like that we had that assistance and um, because she felt like she was capable enough to work even though she wasn't getting child support most of the time. But anyways, um, she t got one welfare check and then she got her paycheck and she went to the welfare office and tried to return her welfare check. Who does that? My mom. They had no mechanism to receive it, right? They're like, we don't have any deposit slips. What is this lady doing? Um, but here's the thing, my friends. I was watching. Even during those most difficult years, and by the way, in a way, I'm really grateful for them because it made me strong. You know, it taught me about hard work and integrity and um, doing the right thing. And, and granted, you know, as I went through my teenage years, I didn't always do the right thing and make good choices. S Sandy, uh, if you're still watching, my friend, my friend Sandy Holmes, if you're still watching, you know that. You know I didn't always make the best choices. Um, but I was learning. I was learning and I was watching and I was also growing stronger. And this is what it's all about, my friends. This is why this book is so important. It's about courage. It's about developing courage because here's the bottom line. I said this in this book, something that most motivational speakers and people like me would never say, life is tough. Can anybody relate to this, that life is tough? I mean, since this be is being recorded on Facebook right now, I'd love to see those little hearts going across the screen, screen that you, you understand, you agree, you get it, life is tough. If you're watching this and life has really, really not been tough for you, then that's 
amazing. I mean, I don't take anything away from you. I think that's awesome. Good for you. But, hey, even if your life has not been tough, you better build some courage, my friend, because you don't know what's around the next corner. You have no idea. Because, I mean, I really could, couldn't have imagined the things that I've gone through. Couldn't, I mean, in my wildest nightmares, I could never have imagined. Um, it's not how you start is the whole focus of this particular show tonight is it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And so I just told you that, that first part of my story and, and I'm gonna get into later my story, but, but just to kind of do a quick fast forward again to the smartest person I know, my daughter Jamie, becoming an addict and really going off the ropes at, you know, uh, going off the rails, I should say, at the age of 15 and, and just, you know, the you know what hitting the fan and I couldn't stop it and we tried everything we knew and she was just changing and we didn't understand it and, and um, you know, had all sorts of ideas. She might be in a, into it, uh, drugs, but I had no idea, couldn't have fathomed, not Jamie, that Jamie would become addicted to drugs and that she would hang out with gang members and drug dealers and, and do illegal things and break our hearts and disappoint our family and just, you know, really, it's it was a nightmare. I'm gonna be just flat out honest with you. It was a nightmare. It's why I call it the roller coaster from hell. And so I'm gonna admit to you tonight, there were times when I, I felt really sorry for myself, not times, years, where I felt really sorry for myself and I, um, it was like, how is, this is so unfair. I had a tough childhood. I just told you just a brief amount about it in this show. But I had a tough childhood and then I battled my way and I learned how to have a good attitude. And I, you know, I made a mistake and got divorced young and I'm gonna talk about that one coming up here. Um, but I've tried to do the right thing and be a good person and blah, 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 blah. And, and yet, why? This isn't fair. This isn't fair. How could this be happening to me? How is it that I can't stop it? What's wrong with me? Why am I being punished? Linda, we have so much in common. It's amazing, isn't it, Linda? You know what, Linda? I so wish that weren't the case. I wish that you and I didn't have to meet like this. But thank God we can stand together. So, you know, even though it's a terrible way to meet, thank God we, we can understand each other. So, when my daughter was murdered, I... There is, you guys, I'm telling you right now, you wouldn't know me if I had not stood up and taken my life back while my daughter was very lost in the belly of her addiction beast because I would still be in bed under the covers over three years later, devastated over my daughter's murder and facing a murder trial. Um, I would be, I know. I mean, well, I mean, I hope I don't know. Maybe I would have figured out another way. But the honest truth is that life is tough. I said it earlier. And so what's the remedy for life being tough? What's the remedy for the fact that maybe some of you, your lives started out difficult? What's the remedy for the hits that just keep coming? I'll talk to you more about the hits keep coming. I had about a year period where I had, we had loss and murder and betrayal. But thankfully I learned how to live with courage. That doesn't mean by the way that I don't have bad days. You know, I mean, those of you, when I'm done with this Facebook Live, I'm going to be in my, my Still Standing Tribe coaching membership and I'm going to share with them a bit of a meltdown I had last week. Yeah, I share that with them. <laughs> and, um, and So, you know, this stuff happens to me too. But I have the tools 
to keep going. Thank you, Jill. You've helped so many of us, Jill says. Thank you. I really appreciate you telling me that because it's what keeps me going. Jill, I'm telling you, you might not believe this, but last week I was so upset that I was ready to pack it all in. Oh, I cannot wait to get into my tribe tonight and tell this story because there was somebody that was so significant in, in helping me through this and it's because I was an impact on him. So anyway, maybe I'll share this with you guys some, someday, but, but tonight I'm gonna share it on my Facebook, um, my Still Standing Tribe, we have a coaching membership and I'm gonna share that story. But anyway, the point is that, you know, I don't, I'm not, you know, 24 seven on. I'm human too. I have difficult days. The difference is that I, when I get knocked down, I don't really get knocked down much. I pretty much stumble around a little bit, but I can stand back up quickly because I've built courage. I've shed the shame. I've shed my guilt. I've learned how to use the F word. And for those of you who don't know what the F word is, you get this book still standing. If you wanna get it before Christmas, you can't get it off my website because we can't get it to you in time. You'll have to get it on Amazon. But you can get it on Amazon. You can find all of my resources at ValerieSilvera.com. But get this book and learn about the actions because the F word is critical. And the F word is forgiveness. Um, that, that's something that I've learned to do. I've learned to shift my focus. I've learned how to stay in gratitude so that I don't lose my faith. Um, I have learned that giving back, I get more from doing this for all, you, all of you tonight. I get more <laughs> taking my time to reach out to give to you. And so many people tell me how much they're getting from my resources and tools and I really, really appreciate it. But I want you to know that I get as much if not more back because giving truly is even better than receiving. So uh, so anyway, so what I was telling you about these still standing shows, I gotta check my time here because I do have that, uh, my tribe, um, still standing tribe coaching membership. I have a, a Facebook Live right after this one with them. Um, so, but I have a few more minutes. So what I wanted to tell you is my plan is to bring this show onto Facebook five days a week, except for any kind of uh, holidays or something like that. Hey, why do my screens just go black? You never know. Technology. Um, my plan is to do that, um, to bring them, bring them onto Facebook and I'm going to share them. I'm going to actually share them into my podcasts probably, and definitely on my website, ValerieSilvera.com, um, and just give you access to some resources and tools and, and encourage you. And this is what I, why I encourage you to get the tools, join my tribe, that kind of thing. You can't just keep wishing and hoping. Don't stay stuck as a victim like I was. I was a victim. I had a little bit of shame I carried with me because of my childhood. I, you know, never had big hopes and dreams when I was a kid because I lived in lack and poverty. And, um, but then I, I turned all that around. I turned all that around and I began to have hope and I believed in myself and I built up my attitude and, and learned how to focus properly. And then the SHIT hit the fan. I think on my first still standing, um, still standing show, I probably shouldn't say a four-letter word. I caught myself. Hey, good job, Valerie. <laughs> when the you-know-what hit the fan, I lost all of it. Over several years, I literally lost it all. 
I was such a victim. I lived in a pity party and um, I really, really felt sorry for myself and it just didn't, life was not fair. And I'm gonna tell you something, I get it if that's where you are. If you, I, There's someone that needs to hear this right now. You're sitting there today and you're feeling like a victim and perhaps whatever's happened to you was through no fault of your own and you are a victim technically. We're considered victims of a murder. You know, my daughter was murdered, so her family were victims. We had somebody who stole a significant amount of money, our savings from us, not that long ago. Um, we're considered victims there too. But here's the thing, you can refuse to remain a victim. You can refuse to live in a victim mentality. You can refuse to feel sorry for yourself. You can be gentle with yourself. You can understand, you can give yourself a break, you can forgive yourself for being a victim. But don't stay stuck there, because that's your choice. Becoming a victim may not have been your choice, it might not have been your fault, but remaining one is your choice. And so that's why I wanna encourage you today. I wanna encourage you that whatever you're going through, you can come out the other end, and you can even come out the other end better, stronger. Listen, I wish more than anything that my daughter Jamie was alive. I wish that somebody didn't take her life and remove the, her opportunity to become clean and to make something of her life. Um, I wish more than anything that didn't happen, but it did happen. And while my heart has a hole in it, I'm not gonna let that thing swallow me up. No way, no way, and don't you do that either. The world needs you standing strong. There's something only you can do. I can't wait until probably months down the road when I get to that part in the still standing stuff I'm gonna share with you from this book. But the world needs your piece of the puzzle. Go ahead and get the book and then when I tell the story, it'll be familiar. Um, the world needs your piece of the puzzle. I know that you might be sitting there right now, Joy, Jill, whoever it is, maybe you're sitting there right today and you're thinking, well, I don't really have that much to offer. Let me tell you something, my friends. When I published my first book, which is called Still Standing After All the Tears, which was definitely much more um, focused for in, in the, you know, the addiction world and supporting especially moms of addicts, but I wondered who in the world was gonna listen to me. My, this wasn't my background. My background was not in public speaking. I have some experience in it, but it was not my background. I was not a writer. It's the first book I'd ever published. Um, I, I'm not a psychologist. But I knew what I'd been through. And I knew that if I was brave enough to speak out, that maybe, just maybe, it would help even one more person. And lo and behold, it's helped a lot more than one. Than one. So this is what I want you to do. Don't wait till you think you have it all together. You matter now, right now. So the, the title of this particular show was It Doesn't matter how you started or something like that. Gee, why don't I look in the book? Hey, it's not how you start. <laughs> That's what it's called. It's from this book. It's not, oh, by the way, here, it's called Still Standing. You can go to ValerieSilvera.com. If you want to get one before Christmas, you're going to have to go get to, go to Amazon. We can't ship it to you quick enough um, from our shipping process, but it's called It's Not why can't I even remember the title of my own section? Because there's a lot of them. It's called, It's Not How You Start. That's how I started my story, by saying, it's not how you start. And you can imagine 
what the section is called at the end of my story. You're right. It's called It's How You Finish. So that's my purpose of telling you bits and pieces of my story because life is messy. My life has been pretty messy. And I used to be a very emotionally private person, but I'm willing to share with you some of the messiness, not all of it, but some of the messiness of my life so that you can believe that you can take your messes and you can make something of them. You can make meaning, you can reach out, you can make a difference, and you can become the best version of yourself. Okay, my friends, whatever you're going through, remember that you're not alone because I'm standing right there with you. Have an awesome night. Thanks again for listening to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Please be sure to follow me on social media and go to my website at ValerieSilvera.com where I have lots of awesome resources to help you stand up and fight and to remain standing. Link arms with me. You are not alone and you don't have to do this alone. Together, we can get through anything. Please know that I'm always standing with you. Have an awesome day.